back for a new year and a new half season and hopefully sounding better than ever. Welcome to Hand of Pod. And uh, if you're wondering why we sound so much better, I really do hope we do sound better, by the way, because um, <laughs> I've spent enough money to make sure that we have spent someone else's money. Before I introduce everybody who's here today, um, I'm going to introduce our new, newest team member and arguably most important team member, the, the beautiful new microphone that we're recording on now. And we're all going to say a uh, thank you and clink our glasses together for Doug Hart. Uh, very generous Hand of Pod listener. He's been listening for about a year and a half. He paid heed to my frequent pleas towards the end of last year for people to donate towards a microphone fund. And when he was visiting uh, just after New Year, visiting Buenos Aires, he met up with me in my local bar and thrust $200 cash into my hands, which was exactly the amount that this uh, gorgeous new dictaphone cost. So Thank you very much, Doug, from all of us at Hand of Pod, and most of all, I'm guessing, to from, from all of the listeners, uh, for what is hopefully going to be a podcast that now sounds better than ever before. The, the Doug Hart Memorial Microphone, ladies and gentlemen. The first phone out of the year is for you, Doug. And I need to emphasise, by the way, that Doug is very much alive and well. Um, we're just calling it the Memorial Microphone. For the hell of it. I'm Sam Kelly. Um, I'm joined for this first Hand of Pod of 2014, which is episode number 130, by Andres Bruckner. Hello, uh, I am I, I am touched because of the new new baby we are recording on, and but I, I don't know what to say. So let's present the other the other members, please. Uh, by Santiago Muniagurria, whose living room we are in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And by the only member of the current Hand of Pod team who still hasn't submitted a biography for the new look about <laughs> page on the blog, Mariano Capalbo. Hello. Welcome Thank back, you Mariano. for having me again. Uh, we're also joined... Uh, Wait, I'm also the only member of this podcast that is a champion at this moment. That's oh, true, yeah, of course. Uh, San Lorenzo fan who we couldn't get on after they, they won the title. Uh, I'm sorry, but he, he's also a champion. Of the Copa Argentina. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm not the only one. Sub-champion of the Supercopa Argentina, which we'll be talking about for all about 30 seconds a little later. Um, oh God, I was going to say something just before I introduced you, that Peter, but I've completely forgotten what it is. Ah, that's it, yeah. All, all of the Argentines on the podcast have promised to have elocution lessons now that the sound quality is better, um, <laughs> so that their pronunciation sounds perfect. Um, we are also joined for the very first time on Hand of Pod by a fellow English resident of, well, not quite... Sam Telmo, you're just across the border, yeah. um, but of, of Buenos Aires. Uh, welcome, and, and an Independiente fan as well for the first time on the podcast. <laughs> welcome, Peter Coates. Thank you, sir. What is an honour to be here on the first first show with the new recorder? Uh, Peter uh, is the curator of Golazo Argentino. Uh, is it golazoargentino.com or .wordpress.com? Yeah, I don't have the money to upload. Um, dot, dot .wordpress.com, which is an excellent blog. It is updated far more frequently 
that that's their God's the Emperor is. Obviously, that's not difficult. Um, <laughs> but I recommend that you check it out. And he is on Twitter as Golazo Argentino or Golazo Mexicano if you like Mexican football. Uh, follow both of those accounts. Right then, we've got a summer of action to summarise. How do we do it? We've had transfers, we have had really pointless bloody friendlies, and we've got a Donnell final to, to preview. Um, let, let's go through team by team. Santi, Arsenal, how was that summer? Um, Are you optimistic? Well, there was, um, uh, as you said, uh, quite irrelevant uh, championship match against Vélez uh, called the Supercopa Argentina. Which was last Friday, wasn't it? It was last Friday. Can't say much about it because it, I didn't even watch it. Uh, because it was <laughs> like, seriously, nobody really cares about this. Uh, this, this it's supposed to be a match, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't really have everything clear. All the new championships that AFA has um, um, invented in the last few years. But I think this is the champion of the Copa Argentina against the champion of the Supercopa, which Perfect. is the both champions of last year Super playing Super Final. Super, super Final. It's very confusing because the first Super Copa Argentina was Boca who won the Copa Argentina against Arsenal, yeah, yeah. uh, who had just won the Doneo Final. But because Boca had won the Inicial and the Copa Argentina. Oh, is that why? Yeah, How convenient. Right, okay. Right. So the next one was, was Vélez, who of course beat Newell's in the, uh, the, the championship match, which turned out not to be a championship match at the end of last season. And then Arsenal, it was originally scheduled for October, then it was put back to December, and it was eventually played last Friday, which, as uh, the particularly sharp of mind will have noted, was the last day of January. Um, welcome to Argentina, if you're a new <laughs> listener. This is, how, this is how things work. You'll be and, you, to... and you know what? It's changing again for this season. Is it? Vélez won that game, you know, that super final against Newell's and went to Copa Libertadores this year. Okay, the champion of this super final this year will only go to Copa Sudamericana, not to the next year Copa Libertadores. Good. Because Venice effectively normal. qualified for the Copa Libertadores by exactly. winning one match of football after being awful for six months. Uh, <laughs> exactly. yeah. um, so Arsenal have, have begun the year with a major blow to their yeah. uh, to their major blow to our course. championship hopes. Uh, San um, very, very briefly, sorry, and then we'll obviously uh, go through. So San Lorenzo, San Lorenzo how's life as a champion, Mariana? After the championship, we lost our coach. He decided to leave to Valencia for some euros. You're not even saying his name, that's how disgusted you are. No, 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 no. And uh, he's been replaced. Everybody knows who he, who he is. I, and yeah, I like we replaced him with a. Uh, maybe I'm too optimistic, but I think a better coach. Edgardo Bausa. Edgardo Bausa. Who was coach of, was it LDU Quito when they won exactly. the Libertadores in 2008, Eight. wasn't it? Right. And he won like two or three championships with them. Um, yeah, he's, I think, a pretty good coach. And we brought a few new players. Uh, nobody left, that's very important. Mm. And we now have Carlos Valdez, Carlo Valdez, Colombian, from the yeah. national team, a defender. Really yeah. protracted transfer that one, it took ages to go through. Yeah, it took, took a little bit. Yeah, he was playing in the MLS, I think. Uh, Nicolas Blandi, Boca forward. That's a good sign. Yeah, and um, today he's signing right now with Mauro Matos. Well, voice striker. So uh, I think we have that. Especially because, as you say, no one's left, and what no one left. The most important thing that means yeah. is that Martin Angel Correa has not left. Angel Correa has not left. He will probably leave. Sorry. So do you goals. think that will be the perhaps, perhaps uh, starting lineup? Because there are three strikers now. Cauterucci, if he recovers from the injury, well, I, I, think, I, think, I think Blandi, Blandi will start, and probably Bichal, until Matos is ready, because we have like a. 
30 games in two months or three months, and so yeah. there will be plenty of time for everyone. But Copa Libertadores group when they don't have um, I think we have an even better team now, yeah. and Martin Cauterucho should be ready to return around April. Uh, so I think we'll have a when pretty good fit. Who, who would you say will be the first choice? Too difficult to say. I mean, Cauterucho is really good, but he will be coming from a long-term injury, and we will see Blandi what Blandi can do for us. What can Blandi do for us? And the same for Matos. My, I don't know. My girlfriend's dad is a big Boca fan, and he's quite irritated with them for letting Blandi go. He's rated Blandi for a long time. I agree with him. I think Blandi is a really good forward. Um, yeah. One of the one of the best goals to minute ratios in the in the league as well. I think San Lorenzo have done really well to to pick him up. Um, Peter, Independiente, pretty frankly, mixed summer friendly was, wasn't it? Frankly, after the summer friendly where we got thumped by Racing, um, I kind of stopped paying any attention to the summer friendlies. Uh, so other than uh, Insua coming back, that's kind of been my only real interest in that. This is Federico Insua, isn't it? There yeah. are so many of them that I get them mixed up, there are like 10 yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Something. This is the Insua. It's funny because... Um, I, I think Independiente, in Independiente's list of needs, another uh, attacking player was probably last. You, you you have a big squad with a lot of players on front. You have Montenegro, Daniel, Pizano, Pizano. When, when Insua was, was unveiled, one of the TV interviewers yeah. actually asked Insua, are you going to be playing every other game and Montenegro is going to play the ones in between? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, we can play together. You can well, tell they can play together and exactly. they show so in... Uh, when they were champions in 2002, they played together and uh, Silvera played mm. number nine. But now they also have Pisano and yeah. you have Parra and also Benko and Adrian Fernandez, just an insane number of forwards. And I think you are really needing a defensive midfielder. And well, yeah. for some reason, you know, nostalgia factor plus he's a bit of a hero even if he yes, betrayed. Rasuki left the club and, and Alderete, I think it's not, no, mm. he didn't play well when he did it. No, no. Um, he also got uh, kind of kicked out of the team for a couple of weeks for mis uh, misconduct and too many but red cards. Yeah. So it was a bit strange. For you me. know, I think the point is that national base, national base, so level. So yeah. every team is just like the same, and you make a difference with special players like River did with Cavinaghi mm -hmm. and Chori Dominguez. And Independiente is doing the same with uh, Montenegro, yeah, Alvar, and Pisano. So it's like I think they just want to win games even if it's 1-0 in the last minute with yeah. some yeah. special player I think that's the other thing because as we mentioned as, as Joel uh, particularly mentioned um, towards the end of in, I think in the final hand of of last year one thing that's that's been a big difference between River season in the B and Independiente season in the B is that during River season in the B a lot of the teams that they played against got really quite badly massacred and Independiente haven't really gone out and just thrashed anybody yet and perhaps they're trying to just get that big team Mentality back again and, and trying to. I think in this second, second half, half to try and the, the, the second quarter they did actually start doing that a bit, just grinding out results. Yeah. I can't honestly see them demolishing anyone um, unless they just have one of those games where Rolfi is on fire. There. Otherwise, that I think they're they're going to get promoted, but it'll be yeah. like it was in the first half, just grinding out yeah, yeah. narrow wins and mm. coming up with bad things. And Andres, as the River Plate fan, because you being on here gives me a chance to act slightly more neutral for a little while at least. Um, what did you make of, of River's summer? Some pretty mixed signings, for one thing. 
Well, it doesn't make it. Well, signings are, weren't the, the, the big news um, in, the, in the summer, uh, but the, 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 the improvement of the team itself, uh, with, I think, I have to say, uh, Ramon Diaz is uh, changing something he, of, of his uh, constant attitude had, that had in the, in the past uh, to be some, uh, a bit arrogant. Now he's a, 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 I don't know if the, the new president and the new uh, board uh, with also Francesco, who is the manager, new manager of the, the team, or yeah, the secretary. We need to be careful with the word manager because, of course, in English it means Dete. Yes. Um, Francesco has been appointed as the, the director of football, uh, essentially, is probably the best way of putting it for an English audience. Sorry, carry on. Yes, uh, I, I think that the, the, the new board has talked with, with him and and, and he, he, he has changed a, a lot of things that. Uh, uh, about the, the yes the, the personality and and he perhaps translated that into the team and, and of course uh, happy because River would defeat defeat Boca and Chur out of three friendlies uh, and uh, well of course they had to to keep it into the torneo torneo final but no the signings were I think of course Cavani which is a, a symbol of the of the uh, Come back to the Primera División, to the first division, uh, and uh, then one is Uribarri, who I think he played today against uh, mm, not really against time. San Luis. Uh, uh, I don't know how to say it. It's, it was like a selección. Uh, like it, it, it was yeah, a San Luis combined eleven. Let's yes. say in the province um, played River today. Oh. They were supposed to play them last night at ten o'clock. In fact, they did play them last night at ten o'clock. Uh, the match lasted just long enough for Keiko Daniel Michalba, who's returned to River on from a loan spell at Argentino Juniors, to put River 1-0 up in the fifth minute, and then about two minutes after that, uh, I won't say the heavens opened actually, because they'd already opened about two hours before the match, it was in torrential rain the whole time, and then the floodlights went out as well, uh, so they replayed the game at 5pm today, I actually don't know what the result was. 3-1 with a penalty kick goal from Cabernet. Did that include Michalba's goal from last night, or did they play the whole thing again? Yes. I think yes, yes, and and Michel Van Favre was uh, the yeah, author of the uh, Favre. Yes, <laughs> so I am quite optimistic now. Well, <laughs> it was essentially a River Reserve lineup as well. It wasn't uh, the first team are mostly already back in Buenos Aires training for the first uh, round. Yes, of the, yes but the, the most interesting thing about the summer friendlies, apart from preparing the team for the the the, the, the three points matches, is the that the the strikers score. So. Yeah. That was something which yeah. that we talked in the past that uh, the strikers didn't didn't score and now in, in this case in the Teo Teo yes. scored against Boca and uh, scored in the other match against Boca didn't he I think um, there, there were three super classicos one was a one one draw the first one was a one one draw um, the second was a two nil win for River I think and the third one was a two one win for River I think I've got that the right way around I didn't watch any of them. Um, I didn't watch any friendlies at all. <laughs> January is a very liberating month for me because there's no competitive football, so I don't have to do anything. Um, off the pitch at River, the, the, the new board have set about making themselves perhaps not the most popular people. After all, they have announced something that we already knew was going to happen and that Joel mentioned uh, in our review of the River elections last year um, that they were going to have to start charging members for access to most of the stands in the Monumental and there was a big backlash against that from various River members um, on Twitter but they don't really have much of a choice do they Andres? I mean they've got a huge deficit to make up and they've got to do it somehow and they already knew they were going to have to do this they announced it 
immediately after coming in, and it was only announced yes, recently. And, and, and they, they, they implemented a new system which consists on, on, on reserving the, the, the tickets, but you have the, the for sure the ticket for the entire season in a particular uh, zone of the of the pitch of the stadium. Um, so it is different uh, than, than in the past, than in the last uh, tournament when Pasarela was the president, in which you had to enter the, the, the site, the River Plate. The, the, the site which was run by baboons who were incapable of keeping a website online when more than yes. five people visited it as well, which proved to be a bit of a problem when you've got a stadium of 65,000 to fill. Yes. Make a, like a pre-reserve of the, of the ticket and then you had to go to the pr uh, with the printed mail and, 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 and the confirmation of that you were going to be there in the stadium and well, there was, it was very, very uh, uh, disturbing for the, for the fans, mm -hmm. for the supporters and now uh, I think that uh, it, it is uh, necessary for the, for the supporters to, to, well, to pay for all the debts that, that, uh, that the, the, the last president left to the, to, the, to the actual one, to the new one. So. If I'm understanding this right, okay, most, pretty much all stadiums in Argentina have got a section of one of the plateas which is for abonados, mm -hmm. people who pay an annual fee and who have their seat. Mariano has yeah. one of these seats at San Lorenzo. I've, I've been and I've sat next to him and it could not be better placed, right on the halfway, right. not in halfway. The, and is that, and the, the funniest thing is that that's the cheapest one for San Lorenzo. Really? You know? yeah. Yeah, how much yeah. did you say you paid for that? 300 pesos for the year, was it or something? Uh, that moment, now, now it's about 1,000 1, right. pesos. Okay. okay. Um, but still, I mean, per match, and you get it for yeah, the Libertadores games as well? No, 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 not the Libertadores. So for the you, league games a year. But for the Copa Libertadores, you have set, like a priority mm. to buy the tickets and get that, set, that same place. So this is something that's done at all stadiums in Argentina. It's basically like a season ticket and it's charged it's a you know as we say per game it works out a fairly nominal fee on top of your membership fee if I'm understanding what you're saying right Andres River have essentially done this to the entire stadium yeah. apart from the Popular and I think one of the the plateas is, is going to be open to Canke um, if, if I read correctly last, last week not, not Canke I think I think that the, you have to reserve a ticket for the entire season right for the for the platea uh, 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 a platea, and then if you want to go to another zone, you have to make another. Uh, I'm not swapping. Pay another, another. I know the, the values right now, the amount of, the, of money, but then if, when there are, there are tickets that remain from that reserve, you have you, you in that case you can buy. Uh, uh, no matter if you are a, a socio or not, you can buy the tickets. Of of course, there will be a difference in price. Just a little bit. Yeah. Yes, but. Uh, uh, I think it uh, also is more uh, tidy in this way uh, than than it was before. Uh, uh, it's for the for, for supporters is uh, a better system and, and it, uh, for me it was obvious that this will will happen that you have to pay an additional sum of money apart from the mem mem you are a member you are a socio and you have to pay of course monthly uh, that. It, Supporters will have to pay uh, something more. Yeah, like you said, everyone is doing it. It's uh, everyone in the world is doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's no, it's just that not everyone's um, doing it to the entire stadium. But, uh, but I guess that was right. like a big change for River fans. Yeah. Um, we've probably bored you enough with the intricacies of getting a ticket for River Plate this season already. We are trying to keep listeners and to, to ideally to try and get new listeners with this wonderful new sound quality we have. So let's talk about some football. 
or at least some footballers, um, signings of the summer. There haven't been any really tedious transfer sagas. I remember last summer we had the interminable, is Raquel May going to Tigre? Is he going to go to River? Is he going to go to Boca? No, he's retired from Boca. And then suddenly about a month into the season or whatever, he decided he was going to play for Boca after all. We've not had anything like that this season. We've had a couple of good ones, as we already said, with San Lorenzo. Um, other decent ones. Arsenal have got reason to be happy, I think. Franco yeah, Cipollini yeah. and from Real Saragossa. Bruno Cipollini. No, Franco. Frank. No, it's Franco. Oh, sorry. Bruno Cipollini. Yeah. In it's Saragossa, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not sure which Spanish team, but um, he's recovering from injury. But, no, you know, but he played a, a few minutes against Bélez. Yeah, time. I mean, he's mm-hmm. kind of coming back from it. And... Um, We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm kind of skeptical about players who are coming back from a long-term injury, but yeah. he's obviously a very talented player. So. Arsenal are also a team who, I mean, you, you've mentioned in the past, Santi, about how certain connections that Arsenal have perhaps yeah. allow them to hold on to players slightly longer than a club of their stature yeah, exactly. normally would. Mm-hmm. Um, they've also they're another team who haven't let anybody go. If I'm no, correct, so luckily we not, not a not anyone of importance anyway. But um, it's it's baffling how we can still keep players like Campestrini or Damian Perez who are um, such in such have been at such a great level for so long and have never, you know, faltered and yeah. When Santiago but, um, we, we did get an injury last uh, I think it was in the Belles match, uh, El Bicho Aguirre, Nicolas Aguirre who's our very talented course, left yeah, yeah, midfield. He got a, uh, he's he's gonna be out for about at least three to four months. So that's a that's a pretty bad hit for for the team because he was sometimes even the captain of the team, yeah. and it's 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 a it's a big blow. But uh, when when Santi uses the the word baffling to describe how Arsenal hold on to their players, he, you can tell he has lived in a native English speaking country because he's obviously got sarcasm just down pat. It's not baffling at all. We all know exactly why. It is. <laughs> um, we've mentioned Independiente's main signing. Have they made any others? Mm, not that I can. I don't think they have. Oh, I mean, I've, I've not had to research them obviously because yeah. they're not in the Primera, so I don't need to. to I guess the Benega is the big transfer story. I was trying to leave Benega until last, but you've mentioned Benega, <laughs> so let's bring Benega in, Pete. We can tell you a rookie. Um, the, the the big one has has been, and the closest thing we've had to a saga really. It was very low key, as as, as Riquelme style. Will he? Won't he? Go. Um, was Eber Banega's return to Boca Juniors? Um, which was definitely going to happen from Valencia. Valencia wanted to loan him out because he's not in Pizzi's plans. Apologies for naming him Mariano. Um, and he wants to play in time for the World Cup, which is understandable. He's still a, a top-class midfielder. Um, he, he was going to come back to Boca. And then Carlos Bianchi says, no, no, we've got Fernando Gago already. They're, they're too similar as players. I don't want him at Boca Juniors. And immediately, uh, Eva Vanega says, well, all right, then I'd like to play for Newell's. Um, I so think he was never going to go to Boca. No. That was like a media thing. Yeah. He always wanted to go to New York. He always wanted to, because yeah. to a lot of people outside Argentina, it sounded very surprising because he came through Boca's academy. I actually didn't know beforehand that he was a Rosarino. I didn't realise he was from Rosario until this happened. Um, but he, he's a boyhood Newell's fan. He was at the club's uh, title celebrations, apparently, at the end of the Donnell final last year. Um, he also and he said that, that um, charity thing. Of course he did, yeah. See, I, I never pay attention to friendness. Yes. This, this is why I need to pay more attention to friendness. Because of the tattoo? Yes, he's got a, the big New World Old Boys tattoo on his calf, as, as, which is the most Argentine part of your body that you can get a tattoo on uh, <laughs> for some reason. Never quite understood why. Um, and yes, he, he's, he's joined his boyhood club. Um, he says Lionel Messi phoned him up to congratulate him when the, when the transfer went through. And he's very jealous, apparently. We'll, we'll see. Um, New Worlds have got really quite a, 
a terrifying midfield considering who, the, who he's adding to in the squad Mariano made the point on Twitter which I shall now bring up which is that Newell's perhaps didn't really need another really really good midfielder yeah. they really needed a striker let's yeah. not forget of course yeah. that Argentine clubs um, are only allowed two signings from other clubs loans or, or transfers they're allowed to make extras if it's a free signing and they're allowed three if they're in the Libertadores of course Newell's are um, but perhaps Newell's might have been better off they were, they were very close to sign Mauro Matos mm. this week but San Lorenzo made a better offer and now they are like desperately trying to find some other striker David Tresigo is very happy about the fact that he's managed a full pre-season for the first time in about five years or something but, yeah, but they're very reliant on, on that continuing and on yeah, he, he won't be able to play two tournaments Yeah, he won't be able to play two games per week and yeah, that's going to be a problem for them. I mean, they they were at the top in, in Inicial, while Maxi Rodriguez was scoring a lot for them. And when he stopped scoring, they just stopped winning games. <laughs> so, and it's not going to be a lot different, I guess. Mm. It was funny watching them play because they just passed the ball around and around and around and they never seemed to actually create goal scoring or, or, or to create as much goal scoring chances I, as I they think should have. But I think it's probably going to help with that side of it and I think it'll also help in, in terms of retaining possession at least. It might help to stem the, the defensive side because one thing I did notice with Newell's, even when they were throwing away points by the bucket load in the second half of the Inicial, they scored in almost in, in every match. I mean, nobody kept a clean sheet against them. Um, the problem was uh, defensively, at least as much as, as, as an attack. So possibly it's done there, but it, I mean, I'd agree. It's very much. I mean, not they are still a top, top three team in, in the league, of course, no doubt about it. But I don't know how far they can go with a with an old team and so many games. I think it's it's, three fun. it's funny how they're. I I agree that they're a top three team, but they have such obvious flaws in some certain parts of yeah. their of every their team of theirs. <laughs> Everything has like, flaws in, in yeah, this yeah. league, but yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the the next side, of course, who we've got a representative of in, in the room. We've already discussed how River Plate's uh, directors made themselves unpopular with with the ticketing situation. Uh, they've also made themselves unpopular with the name that has already been mentioned on this podcast because one of River's transfers in was Bruno Urribarri. Words fail me, Andres. <laughs> I, I, I think Why? That, I think that the financial uh, situation, critical situation, explains why a player like Uribarri uh, came to River because Uribarri was, no. was, was a not particularly outstanding member of that absolutely. He was left aside the Cologne. Yes, he was left the other way around. The other way around. He left Cologne because yeah. he was not paid yeah. the wages and. and and, and River took advantage of that situation, signing him for free. Why do they want it? Why is this for free? I'm going to throw the conspiracy, conspiracy theories Friends of the Milanos, yes. No, no, no. Bruno Rivari is the son of a well-known uh, governor of the Entrevillos yeah, province, yeah. very close to the government, to a Kirchner governor. Before anyone writes in or tweets in uh, condemning Mariano, we should point out that Mariano is himself a Kirchnerista, so he's not saying this. I'm not a Kirchnerista. He's not saying this in a Clarice. Not a bigger Kirchnerista, but it's English down, but still. (laughs) But if the government would have done something for Ribari, he he would have, they would have done something before, uh, not to let him. Not playing for Colón. Andres, I'm trying, I'm trying to find a reason. <laughs> there is no, no reason. 
I don't know, I'm trying to find some no political connection. I don't know. The, the, the logic behind signing a left back is that they want to move Leonel Mangione into left midfield. But and Rory Murray is the Ferreira, it's, a, it's also Osmar Ferreira. Yeah, but Osmar Ferreira is crap. Like, yeah, I know, I know. But I mean, if you want to move, uh, if you want to move uh, Mangione forward, just put, I don't know, some kid yeah. <laughs> in that place. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the only reason is free, for free. That's the only reason. Yeah. Like Manzegues. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like Bordagaray. How can we go there? Because it was free. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't being that bad. No, exactly. Manzegues has actually yeah. turned out to be one of the better signings yeah. of, the, uh, of the last six months in Rivers. Well, he scored one goal, one only goal in his entire career, for, of, of course, for Colón. Uh, and he's he was free kick. Free kick. He has good shot, long distance shot. That's oh, what all we can expect from him. With a fire gun, with a fire gun, clubs, clubs from outside the the ones represented. Now uh, we'd better move on. Obviously, we've already mentioned Newells, but who else has made signings that you're really? You still my favorite one is Jesus Mendes back in Central. I think he's a brilliant yeah. player, always unused in the in the Boca squad because Boca doesn't have a place for a player like that. But in the central squad, he's going to be. I think he's going to be amazing. I think that's the best signing of the season. And since you mentioned Boca, who uh, Boca signed? We can compare that to Uribarri. Mm. They had Grana, Hernan Grana from All Boys. All Boys, of course, are the other club along with Colón who've had major uh, financial problems and owe a load of money to former players. Both, in fact, All Boys and Colón yesterday had the sentence handed down by the AFA. Uh, saying that they're not allowed to register the new signings they've made over the summer to play in the league until all of their debts are cleared up. Colón claimed a couple of weeks ago to have cleared up their debts with the yeah. 30 not that they signed, players. Not that they the signed anyone not. important. No, <laughs> no, no, no. definitely in, not. In that Just case, unknown names. Yeah. In that case, no teams should be allowed to, to sign any players because all the teams have doubts, uh, debts. And, and yeah, but it's not actually about the debts. It's because they let some players go for free because they owe them money. That, mm. That's the thing. Nobody did that. Only Colón and always. So oh, if you're letting right. players go for free because you don't have money to pay them, how come you can uh, yeah. get new players? Yeah. So that, that's the thing about uh, why they are not allowed to, to use them. Two outgoing transfers that are going to be relatively high profile, I guess, to uh, listeners of Panda Pod, at least in, in the English-speaking world. Uh, Gaston Fernandez has left Estudiantes, he, having negotiated his release from his contract, um, and has joined Portland Timbers. And of course, Estudiantes have also lost another player who only lasted six months with them. Uh, Santiago Vergini has gone to Sunderland. We've already had a couple of questions about these two, but what do we think those are going to be like? For, I mean, I'm guessing Fernandez is likely to prove a slightly more influential signing given the league that he's playing in. Um, and also, to an extent, maybe not the standard of players, but is not bad, but Fernandez is that bit more experienced. And uh, you, you Gaston Fernandez? Yeah. He's good, but too irregular. Uh, he almost didn't play last year because of his this suspension he had. Uh, Patricio Rodriguez is clearly missing in the lot because he's uh, decided to get his hair bleached some hideous shade yeah, of beautiful blonde yeah. slash yellow uh, to to look a bit like. I'm planning to do the same. I'm planning to do the same. What do you think? I think you should, Marianne. Virginia at Sunderland. Do we think he's going to play much? Sunderland mm-hmm. develops a bit of a habit for signing, frankly, underwhelming players. But we've got a question about Nacho Scocco a bit later, so we'll get on to him. I, I don't cast him in the underwhelming bracket. Actually, was a Sunderland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he's a decent <laughs> player for the Argentinian league. 
in the uh, Bersini. In the Premier League, not so sure. He was like 25 years old, so it's, it wouldn't surprise me if he steps up, but he's, it, it's going to be a test for him. I mean, if, yeah, it's, yeah. if it's going to happen, it's got to happen at this stage of his career. He's going so to good luck to him. Um, he was good at Newell's when, when they yeah, he was very when they were champions become became champions and, and I I got surprised because of his uh, quietness for for, for uh, uh, shooting the ball when he when uh, in the quarter finals it was quarter finals of uh, Libertadores against Boca. Boca the shootout yeah. penalty shootout yes yeah. he he shoot the ball with the Cold. It's like he was cold. <laughs> he was not feeling that he was going to sh to 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 uh, uh, shoot the penalty in order to new for news to 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 advance. The last penalty was shot by Maxi Rodriguez, but I I, I, I was like, oh look <laughs> how he was uh, uh, the the calm uh, he was. And he, he was good playing with Kainse. Uh, yeah. That's the side. thing. <laughs> That's the thing. With central defenders, you always have to look who's next to him. Right. And with Hainsey on your side, it's, it makes a big difference. Yes. In the Argentine League, we should clarify for those who've been watching Gabriel Hainsey for the two years before he, moved, he left Europe and thought he was shit. Um, one major, I'm just, I've moved to the computer to check the, uh, the summer transfers and make sure we've not missed anybody. And we have missed one very, very good change. Um, it there is, there was a last minute transfer with your priority. It's not of course, yeah, Emil Perotti has joined Boca yes. from, on loan from Sevilla. Boca, yeah. Sorry, Se Sevilla. We have to pronounce it properly, otherwise Sevilla. some of our listeners get a The one I'm thinking of is a, is a sea change in terms of a club's philosophy. Um, and it's, it's completely fitting that Santi's here to, to listen to this because it's a managerial change and it's to do with his favourite manager in the world. Hmm. Argentinos Juniors, as everybody who listened to the final episode of last year know, um, have said goodbye to Ricardo Caruso Lombardi. When we last recorded, we didn't know who was going to replace him. The man who has come in is Pichi Borgi, Claudio Borgi, who managed Argentinos to the 2010 Donel Clausura Championship. That's right, those of you who've listened to every episode will remember that when we started Hand Pod, Argentinos Juniors were the reigning champions of Argentina. 2010 or 2009? Ridiculous, 2010. It was, uh, it was a couple of months after I moved here and I was at both of the championship matches, the 4-3 against Independiente oh. on the penultimate weekend and then the 2-1 the or 2-0 when it awaited Huracan the following weekend. Um, Borgi's back and, I mean, between Caruso Lombardi's manner of playing and Claudio mm. Borgi's philosophy, there we have several oceans between these two. Mm -hmm. in terms of, uh, I mean... Where's the continuity there? The, the, the board aren't looking for a footballing ideal. That's they? pretty common in Argentinian football. Of course. As well. I mean, Absolutely. When you have Boca signing um, Basile and then signing um, Falcioni. Falcioni. Champion yeah, from one exactly. to the other. You're, and that's the biggest team in Argentina. You're, you're, I mean, you think that they have an idea of how Boca wants to play. And if not even Boca has it, imagine Argentina. But in a funny way, I think it could suit Argentinos because a lot of the players they've got, as, as English Dan, sorry, not English Dan, German Dan, uh, Daniel Schweiner, the Argentinos uh, season ticket holder, um, says every time he gets on here, Caruso Lombardi may be lambasted as a manager, but Argentinos have at times played some decent stuff. I always had the impression that was more to do with the fact that a lot of the, the young kids they've got coming through are talented attacking players who are good on the ball. 
they almost couldn't help <laughs> knocking together a few triangular passes even though Carol's still on bad he's managing them from the sidelines yelling at them to just lump it um, Borgi's going to suit them a lot better I think in many ways it wouldn't surprise me if we see them I mean they didn't do badly as well in the NECL they managed 25 points yeah. which mm-hmm. if they can repeat it we'll, we'll keep them out of the, the relegation zone but I think with Borgi that we could see an improvement from them and they've added a good player in Piculici mm. now that Piculici came from Qatar China yeah, he's been playing in Saudi Arabia Al-Rayan in the in Qatar, I think you're right. Yeah, well, uh, places where you get money, but <laughs> you don't play much football. Oh, football. oh no, sorry, no, he's come from Shandong, Luneng. Yes. Yeah, he was playing in so China for some time. Vikulici, an uh, unknown player for us, who is Gambetta, a Peruvian uh, defender. Yeah, Peruvian defender. The guy from Al Rayan is Juan Folin, who's come back to Boca Juniors, of course. Oh. Which is yeah, yeah, I mentioned. I mentioned it's a big signing for him. Yeah, yeah but the, you know, the problem with players coming from Qatar is that. You don't know <laughs> their shape, how, how yeah. they are. Well, the other thing is, what, 24 years old? If yeah. you're 24 and playing in Quater, and you're not Quatari. Yeah, but still, yeah. Uh, San Lorenzo, when Juan Marcier came back also from, I don't know, if Qatar or Saudi Arabia, it took him six months to get in shape. Yeah, it's like coming back from, re- from retirement, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Yeah. Or, yeah, or Jonathan Fabro found out it's like playing in Paraguay and then coming to Argentina. Yeah, exactly. Having to train a physical <laughs> employ your own physical trainer to get you up to standard for the fitness of the Argentine league. Hmm. Bloody hell. Francisco Cerro is a new racing player. We've got uh, the television on mute whilst we're recording. That's a good signing. That's mm-hmm. been expected for a while. The Vélez uh, Sarsfield defensive midfielder sometimes plays centre back. They most, most and the they also signed uh, Watson Renteria, Colombian striker. Yeah, I mean, what, what is going to happen with Racing this year? I, I guess it's impossible to predict. From, from some of your responses to my uh, plea for predictions, which we'll get onto a little bit later, but I get the impression that some people are um, basically are predicting exactly the same as we did at the start of the Tonio and see River are going to challenge, Racing are going to challenge. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> They're I, both going to be awful again, aren't they? Yeah, I was watching today on one of the TV shows that yeah, they are every day talking about football. And they were predicting Lanús was going to be the champion or Newells and I mean, of course they are the best teams, but with Copa Libertadores and the very, very busy schedule that everybody's going to get, I, yeah. I think you, if you we usually get to have a, like a crazy league, th- this tournament is going to be even crazy. Th- this one's exacerbated, of course, because everything has to finish a month before the World Cup kicks off. Which means that the uh, the Donnell final is, is going to, I think, five or six of the rounds of the Donnell final midweek. So suddenly, very, very frequently, a lot of teams are going to have two or three days in between matches. Um, which, if you're used to watching it, uh, European football for the top sides is nothing unusual. But in Argentina, they're just not used to doing yeah, it. A lot of clubs don't um, have very deep squads. Right, much shorter. And for the Libertadores sides. I mean, if, if one team gets to the semi-final of the Libertadores, they're going to rack up a whole load of, of yeah. matches. Yeah. Actually, there's going to be a Copa Argentinas as well. Yeah, well, yeah, Copa Argentinas too. I mean, they've played over the calendar yet, so it's maybe slightly less um, complicated. There's going to be a break in Copa Libertadores. Yeah, I think semi-finals are going to be played up to the Semi-finals or quarter-finals? Yeah. No, they play up to the quarter-finals and, and then the okay. semi finals I know San Lorenzo, Lanús, News are going to give priority to Copa Libertadores. I'm sure of that. I guess... Vélez, maybe two. They have 
very short squad this year. Not, not because and Arsenal probably too is going to play try to play both like they usually do. But Arsenal will get, get some help from the referees in Argentina at least. So they'll be right. <laughs> <laughs> not in the Libertadores. Never in the Libertadores. Not in the Libertadores. I was going to say that not because we are at Santis, but I, I I will put some coins on, on Arsenal because they they are they are always like a silent club, a silent team. They play they they know what they 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 play. Uh, how they they play and, and and they play the same way every match. So okay. yeah. the other thing with Arsenal's Libertadores involvement is is that in t- in terms of the size of club and in terms of the depth of their squad, they're probably not going to go as far in the Libertadores mm-hmm. as, as the others would would hope or expect to anyway. I mean they, they yeah. might well go for the one or two of the other Argentine clubs, but it wouldn't surprise anybody if Arsenal didn't make it out the group stage. And if that happens. And the others all do. Arsenal are going to have fewer matches than, than everybody else to play. Yeah, that's true. It's, maybe it's, too late. it's also true but that um, Arsenal, for the first time in many years, has uh, a, a group in the Libertadores where you can actually see them advancing to the next stage. Who's in the group? Um, we have um, Peñarol from uh-huh. Uruguay, Santos Laguna, Mexico, and a team from Venezuela. Uh, Lara. Is it Lara? That's Ecuador. Is it? No, no, no. Or. Uh, I don't remember which one. Okay. And I mean, there's Tachi, that's one. And it's, uh, there's two long trips, which is, it's always, you know, it's hard in the muscles and everything. But it's, it's a team where you could see Arsenal being in the top two. Um, whereas in the last few Libertadores, we've been in the... Yes. Yeah. Always with the Champions, Liga de Quito, and we've... Santo Laguna, which is the, I think, the, the brand new team where where uh, Rivera Rodriguez will play, yeah, uh-huh. left from Boca. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's, he's uh-huh. So it, yes, it will be very very hard. I think that the problem is that if your team that if one team doesn't advance from the group stage, it might be too late in the league because yeah, there will be already with half all the midweek matches that are yeah, taking place as well. Right. Right. Or maybe you pick up some injuries and it will be too late. So it's too difficult to predict who will win. Uh, I think. Uh, Everybody has a chance. <laughs> Gimnasia, Rosario Central, Racing. With all of these midweek games, God knows how we're going to record Hand of Pod in between rounds. I don't know hmm. what we're going to do, but we're going to work out some way of doing it, don't worry. Belgrano have been talking about a title challenge. Have Belgrano signed anybody? Belgrano had 29 points from the Dona Inicial. Um, so they're very optimistic. They, they only need 21 to hit the, the 50 psychological total of 50 points for the season and they have been talking about a possible title challenge for corner beside managed it to be astonishing are Rafaela going to be dark horses this season as well they all, they win the title race up to the penultimate round of the Inicial and they don't have Libertadores to worry about right exactly uh, I think that anyone can win really I, mean, I mean the usual candidates are Racing River but I think nobody would be surprised if Belgrano yeah, yeah. or Rafaela like you said or yeah, Belgrano has a, I think they have a nice yeah. And maybe even Gimnasia can break the, the 100 and 1,000 years <laughs> spell and, and win it, maybe. The others. Or Estudiantes, also, yes. we didn't mention Estudiantes. Central. Mm-hmm. Central, if Verón can stay healthy, maybe Estudiantes also has a chance. They have a striker now, finally. They have Juan Manuel Oliveira, Uruguayan forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, regarding Baron, he's retiring at the end of the season, of course, for the second time. Mm-hmm. He had some very choice words for Estudiantes directors and also for uh, Gaston Fernandez and Santiago Bergini, who, as we said, negotiated a release from their contract for the club and then ended up signing for clubs abroad for much less, I think, than Estudiantes could probably have got for them otherwise. 
Um, he, he said this was betraying the club and all sorts of things. He's very angry, very angry man. Said on the wrong, don't, don't get on the wrong side. Um, but the, the biggest change, we've already mentioned one change of manager and another who's been on the television whilst we've been recording at the moment. And this really is the Argentine equivalent of, of uh, English football podcast discussing Manchester United getting by without Alex Ferguson. Um, five years at one club. It was one month short of it. Ricardo Gareca uh, has left better Sarsfields under a bit of a cloud. He was a bit angry about various things at the club as well. Maybe well, he get together with Veron, they could be angry together. Um, he's been replaced by his assistant, hasn't he? Jose Flores. Mm-hmm. Do we know anything about Jose Flores? We know he was a great striker in the 90s. He was part of the Vélez team that won the Copa Libertadores and Intercontinental and everything in that decade. And as a manager, we don't know much about him. Is it, this is his first managerial yeah. job, isn't it? I think he will try to continue whatever Gareca was doing. And yeah. I think Gareca left because he realized that it wasn't going to get any better than what he already did. I mean, they don't have any, any new players. Mm. They have an even shorter squad because uh, well now Cerro left and Insua's gone. Insua. Uh, Jonathan Copete has gone. Uh, oh, Ezequiel big. Rescaldani. That's a big one, huh? Ezequiel Rescaldani has gone to Malaga for three hundred thousand euros. Whoa! Because he because he uh, his contract was going to be up at Venice in six months' time, and he told the board and then made it known abroad that he wasn't going to sign a new contract. He's, he's been arguing with the management for some time. They were talking um, about Otamendi returning, but he signed for. He's just signed today for uh, Valencia. 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 For Valencia. Um, but just before I left, I read that Valencia have signed him and realised that they have too many. Yes, they're having to load him out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> After spending money. 14 million euros on him or something, yeah. it's ridiculous. Um, if any listeners are frequent watchers of La Liga, but um, Rescaldani, whether or not he does anything for Malaga, he, he might want to turn into an enormous bargain for them for 300,000 euros because inside a year or two, if someone else is interested, they can make a huge profit on him, if nothing else. Um, Far too little to play for, pay for a player of that age and that, that mm-hmm. talent. I think. Yeah, yeah. He, he didn't have. He didn't have any opportunities. Many opportunities. Players ahead of him at Ras, uh, at Bellas, Sorry, but I think it's a really. I think it's a bargain. Bellas, it will be. It will be all about Prato and Sarate being mm-hmm. healthy. If they can be healthy, they maybe have a chance of, at something. If they get injured. They are done. <laughs> but was on loan uh, to Quilmes, I think, and, and then when he came back, there were uh, Prato and, and Ferreira yeah. playing, and he will have no place. It's logical, it's reasonable that he, he was not going to play very much because Prato and Ferreira were hot, were in good, uh, good very good form. Yeah, but have, have not had any real problems up front for a few years, I mean, for as long as I can remember anyway. Yeah. Um, anything else that, that springs to mind? We, didn't, we didn't speak much about poker. <laughs> I, I, I think uh, many people will be asking why we didn't you're talk right. about poker. I, I think that what we should, because Boca's summer has been an interesting one. Um, I think that we should refill our glasses. So we're going to go away and play some music. We'll, we'll, we'll recharge our glasses and we will come back to discuss with rubbing our hands with glee uh, <laughs> to discuss the, the summer that Boca Juniors have just had.
and the pod to um, discuss the thing that is, is all basically bloody hell. Apparently it's 40 degrees outside. We've got the air conditioning on in here. Um, there is a thunderstorm in the distance, which from Sanity's 14th floor flat, looking directly out the window, I have been enjoying throughout the recording. And now it's 32.4. It's 32.4. Thermic sensation, as they say oh. in Spanish. But it, 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 it's easier. In, in, no, no so not really. We just have the temperature. But, uh, <laughs> the USA, they say, feels like... Feels like... Yeah, it's a feels like 40 outside, basically. Anyway, we are discussing whilst enjoying this thunderstorm which is getting slowly closer and more spectacular there was a huge bit of lightning in the sky a second ago um, we're, we're rubbing our hands together with glee because none of us are Boca Juniors fans and this is where we get to discuss Boca Juniors summer where do we start we've lost two super classicals out of three they only managed to draw the other one and by most accounts that's another big flash uh, by they most accounts they were pretty really crap in it I guess it's the end they also lost to Yes, yeah, they lost oh, yeah. against the Studiantes to finish bottom of the uh, Copa Mado Plata or whatever it was between River Boca yeah. and Studiantes, uh, which is Studiantes actually won that trophy, right. and nobody really gave a toss because the only thing that mattered was River have beaten Boca three times. Mm-hmm. Um, Boca have had that. The injuries, which which we mentioned at the end of last season, hit sixty by the end of mm-hmm. last season for the year, um, have continued. Carlos Bianchi said in Dece- in January, the on the third or fourth of January, when Boca gave the first press conference for the preseason, uh, the, the the transfer that we most hope to make is to sell injury, um, and they've not managed to sell him. They've already hmm. picked up six injuries in preseason, which is hilarious. And it's all the same thing again. It's all knee ligaments or calf strains. And what the earth is their physical training doing? Because maybe yeah. they didn't play a minute during the summer. And I read yesterday that. He got injured again. Mm. He got he picked up a minor injury last week. So it's like okay. <laughs> Probably <laughs> Boca players aren't too happy with Bianchi or the physical trainer. Yes. Obviously, they're going through a lot of strain, and there's what four days to go until they, they have their beginning match. Yeah, and, and they're and still doing hard physical work instead of last football work. Last week or over the weekend, the story came out that Agustino Rion, who of course is on the verge of the the national team he's got a very realistic chance of being Argentina's mm-hmm. third goalkeeper for the World Cup particularly because the, <laughs> a lot of the others aren't playing in their various clubs and he is um, he's been training for the last eight months separately with Lanús physical yeah. trainer who is very good. better than the guy at Boca he's very good stay in shape. if you saw the, the Lanús Copa Sudamericana final you saw yeah. Santiago Silva just running around the place on the very final match of the season and he's a forward and he was running back to every uh, corner kick that the opposing team had to head the ball and then running back uh, to to the next box. Santiago is, is clinically insane, of course, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it really talks volumes about this, this guy is uh, well, yeah, apparently one of the best physical trainers in Argentina mm-hmm. right now. Boca lost another friendly on Monday, Monday night. Oh, yeah. the, this is the Salta team using some reserves. Ah, Gimnasia Salta. Yeah, right. And they use some reserves, but apparently, and Bianchi wasn't there, uh, his assistant, mm. Popeye Herrera, was coaching the team, and apparently there were some arguments in the locker room between yeah. him and Chiqui Perez. Yeah, and so one of, the, young te- one of the, the youngsters on the team had to pull right. them apart, apparently, at one point, push them apart because they were about to go at each other. Um, so yeah, all, all, is, all is well in the world of Boca Juniors. Um, <laughs> I think the injuries juniors. are an excuse. I mean, okay. They, they have many injured players, but come on, Burrito Martinez was there, 
he, he wasn't injured. Sigliotti uh, was there. You know, uh, Gago got injured, but you know, Riquelme is going to be injured always. <laughs> the, the defense was not. They're, they're saying right now that Riquelme is perfectly fit, but he's not going to play this weekend anyway because he can't play until the second yeah, round. No, no. So if he's yeah, perfectly fit, he's then fit for, for even We see, we saw these these arguments on, on in the Boca Boca dressers, okay? and so I have to ask. Uh, uh, that uh, do the the, the, the friendly summer friendly uh, are they are, are they are they use, uh, use. useful or not uh, because if they lose they are like in a like very very angry very like we don't play and, and, and then if, you, if they win perhaps as happened with river that they they changed something and and now they are optimistic uh, facing the the, the, yeah. the summer friendlies for me are useful if you do them in the way that Estudiantes have played most of theirs apart from the La Plata Clasico and these ones against Boca and River uh, Lanus have done theirs all boys the smaller clubs who aren't expected to pack stadiums out and just have yeah. friendlies basically on a training ground in training kit for 35 minutes or whatever I mean when let's say you've got to write betting previews of the first round of matches and your employers expect you to include all the results of those games bloody annoying because they don't mean anything results wise but what they do do is they serve to get the players up to match fitness and I think from that point of view they're, use they're useful they're not useful at all for the big five because the big five are expected to go and play in front of full stadiums take it really seriously go in with challenges that are going to injure their players uh, I can't remember who one of Boca's players got injured yeah. in, in one of the Super Classicos and he's out for a few months yeah, and also Racing's uh, Diego Bichar got injured in the first yeah, uh, yeah, sorry, Avicenera yeah, Clasico um, which Racing won 3-0 it was a rout the, the, the press taking all really seriously and start to pile pressure onto the players yeah. they're Boca in crisis because they've lost two pre-season friendlies River it's, it's also funny why because they've won two pre-season um, friendlies there's, a, there's this contract where they have to play three summer Super Classicos every year and you only have two proper Super Classicos a year and then three in three weeks in the yeah. summer so that doesn't really make any, any sense and it's also curious because Bianchi has a history of really taking these friendlies as friendlies you know mm -hmm. just sending out a reserve team even against River mm -hmm. but for this year he, he took it really seriously and I, I really can't understand why he oh. changed his mind on that because he needs to Prove something. Yeah, he needs to show true, something. Yeah. They've been he, terrible last year. He protected. So it's one thing to treat it as a bit of a joke when you're winning the Copa Libertadores every other year and a couple of league titles in between those. But when you're playing like Boca played for the last year, year and a half, yeah. He protested against Abal Diego Abal, one of the super classicos referee, uh, the one that uh, they had lost against River 2-0, I think in Cordoba. Uh, it was very, very, very hard for a friendly and well. That's why I asked that, because if they win, it's everything okay, but if they lose, they are like, the self-esteem has to do in, in that case. The, the how, how, they, how they face the, 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 the matches that are important. And what. Of course. I think Bianchi knows that time is running now yeah. for him. Um, I mean, uh, there's, there's some good news for Boca. We, we have to stick, stick a little bit of, of, of uh, salt in this enormously sweet cake that we're enjoying. Um, there is some good news for them because although they've signed their Nan Grana for reasons no one can quite work out and although they've brought in Juan Fourline who may or may not be a good signing although they're piling up injuries again um, they have 
managed to get rid of Matthias Caruso. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one bonus, right? They're not going to be giving away and quite as many penalties. Rivaldo Rodriguez also. Yeah, Rivaldo Rodriguez is quite good though, so I think that's good news. And Rodriguez, who will play with Neymar? Yes. He's at Galatasaray. Yeah, he's at Galatasaray. Yeah, of course he is. Yeah, I forgot. Yes, and I impossible to explain. He will play with Yidier <laughs> Drogba and Wesley Snyder. Yeah, the... someone from Turkey, one, one of my customers from Turkey, sent me an email. Please tell me something about Burdizo so I can put it on my website. He was very good in Arsenal, though. I have yeah. to say, but, but he, he had, he had Alexandro Lopez along. Yeah, exactly. And Lopez he had been himself. terrible for Rosario yeah. Central, then he was terrible for Boca. But I mean, he, his debut, I think he, he scored twice. He scores in every single team that he debuts. Yeah. That's his thing. Yeah. <laughs> in yeah, the first game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For every single game. Including, including Argentina. Including Argentina national team. For the right. local yeah. national team or something. Um, so and yeah. how about Kangeli? Is his, no, no, he left. He left, yeah. went back to, to Turkey. Yeah. I don't know the team exactly. Not yeah. The online website just tells him it's a transfer out. It doesn't say who mm-hmm. uh, bought him. But, uh, yeah, exactly. He I also resigned on his salary because obviously he didn't even play on yeah. the yeah. whole year, was he? Or just six months? Six months. Six, six months. months. Not even one official match. No. Didn't Roma sign Leandro Paredes? Uh, Leandro Paredes has gone to and then Italy, according to what yeah, I think it's Roma. I think Roma signed him and then loaned him to. But he's Something yeah. Uh, he, he's been. I think he's been loaned for eighteen months with an option to buy, right. and somehow they've subloaned him to someone yes. else. Or they loaned him to Torino or something. Okay, like oh, no, somebody somebody signed for Hellas, but that was someone else, from, not from Boca. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but Paredes has been loaned by Roma, who've then sold the loan to someone else or yeah. something. But th- but they've got an option on him. They they can buy him for. 5 million euros at any point over the next 18 months or something like that. I so think similar to the Otamendi deal, Roma signed him and then realised that their allocation of foreign players was full. But I don't understand how it works. They realised. He still belongs to Boca. He's been loaned to Roma. And in another line. So I'm, I'm not really sure how it works at all. So you think there's maybe a chance that because nobody's paying attention to Boca or they doesn't count them as championship candidates, maybe they can do it? Well, it's unpredictable, so, isn't it? The Argentine league, because we know. And they have a solid squad. You can't say they don't. They have a solid squad. Yeah. But, you know, they're in a lot of turmoil. Well, right they got now, a lot so of. I mean, they, they were in the title race for the exactly. NHL until, mm-hmm. what, the third last week or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, now, admittedly, that's with all of the top four or five teams not wanting to win the league and dropping points week after week after week. Mm-hmm. Whether that's going to happen in the finale is, is another matter. We, we shall see. And we have to change a lot defensively because. Uh, they they continue they repeated the same mistakes in the summer. In in that case, I think it, it was important the summer for Boca because they repeated the same mistakes they had repeated previously in the torneo inicial. Mm. So in that case, I think they will have to improve a lot uh, defensively. After uh, more than the other, of course, they have signed Perotti, and and that of course, uh, apart from that, that makes me think. Uh, did they did, didn't they need a, a, a midfielder because they haven't signed Ever Banega and they ha- and they and they signed Perotti, which is in, not the same position exactly. But uh, uh, Banega was uh, more in, in in with rhythm of play, I think. Well, yeah. Perotti plays for Sevilla, but uh, strange. They are not going to improve. I mean, it's, a, it's the same players, the same coach doing the same thing. How do, are you going to improve? I mean. Uh, Things are not going to change much in this tournament because most teams are the same as the previous tournament. 
and you can't change if you don't change something. And this is where we get into previewing the finale in uh, in its essence, because one of the things that I've already mentioned, uh, a few people have, have predicted in the emails that I was asking for from everybody, were that River and Racing are going to be title challenges. River and Racing have also got the same managers and essentially the same players. Why do we think there's going to be a big improvement from them? We, we said this six months ago as well. Everybody said they're going to be title challenges, those two clubs. Because San Lorenzo, Newell's, Lanús, Vélez and Arsenal will be focused on Copa Libertadores. Is that going to be enough to drag River from 17th up to... I think... No. Caminagui can make a difference. Yeah, I think River are pretty solid defensively. Like exactly, yeah. The only thing that they, they couldn't really do... It's it's horrible. Horrible. I mean, Theo, Theo has to have a good semester before the World Cup. <laughs> he, he, he needs to be focused, especially now that Falcao is injured. Mm. Everybody will be expecting him to really be focused yeah. on this semester and do something. And Cabenagi is a player that can make a difference in, the, in this league. The Carlos, Carlos Carbonero as well, during, the summer, during what I saw at the summer friendlies and what I've read about them. Yeah, summer looked friendlies. Slightly bizarrely, like an actual footballer again mm-hmm. um, in, in flashes okay. you never know so, and Racing I think that they underperform in, in Inicial I mean they have potential to be better if this Renteria company can give them something in attack and now with Cerro I think they have a chance I mean they are not a team that can finish last uh, but we don't know yeah. which Cerro will uh, will Racing fans or supporters uh, find if they when he first uh, go, went to Vélez he was very very good uh, performance and, and he was called up for the national team then he went down in his performance yeah, yeah. but he will play with Zuculini yes. I mean that's an interesting midfield Cabranesi <coughs> if he's still there if he's still alive <laughs> we don't know but, uh, okay yes Maybe too. But uh, I mean, that's why I think that River and Racing can improve. But I mean, Boca, uh, unless Perotti becomes some kind of super player, <laughs> I don't think that that's going to happen. Or Riquelme becomes 10 years younger. Mm. There, there was a pr- some pressure on Perotti uh, from his father, I think. He was a player, he played for, I don't know if he played for Boca, but he. Yes, he played for Boca. Yes, Hugo Perotti and. and uh, all of his family was uh, supports Boca, and that was uh, 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 the at first sight the, the reason why uh, Perotti signed Boca. Uh, so well, don't know his form, physical form, and football. So I don't know how he can do for for to change anything in, in the Boca midfield. It'll be his first. Uh chance to play at the top level in Argentina as well because he played for Deportivo Moron yeah. before signing for Sevilla mm-hmm. very bizarre transfer that I mean, <laughs> I don't know if they found it, but I don't know. Deportivo Moron are a side in the west of Greater Buenos Aires who play in the third division most of the time um, yeah I, th- I think Sevilla signed him when he was 19 or something from straight from that he's about 23 yeah. or 24 now um, clubs we've not mentioned yet Godoy Cruz we always forget about Godoy Cruz because they're miles away They've, they've changed manager. Martin yeah. Palermo's out. Jorge Almiron's in very quickly. Anybody know anything about Jorge Almiron as a manager? Mm, he spent most of his career in Mexico as a player and as a coach. Yeah, and I think no one in Argentina pays no, attention to Mexico. He's almost unknown here. Yeah, in Mexico, <laughs> he has kind of a big name. 
na Argentina is almost unknown. He coached Defensa and Justicia in the second division, I think, last year or the previous one. But mm. that's um, do we think we're going to see the Olimpo side who played the first ten matches of the Dono Inicial, or are we going to see the Olimpo side that won the last four in a row of the Dono Inicial? Mariano, you disagree with me about yeah, my uh, I think prediction that San Lorenzo are going to get in the way way by Atlantic on the first weekend. They have a chance to stay in first division. First division. They have a good chance, especially yep. after what, what is happening in Colón and Boys, yeah. and I think Godoy Cruz also. It's a if, relegation candidate. They if you're, proof, if you're proof, right, of course, in Olympos history, it would be huge if they could stay yes. in the first division for a, a That's a good signing season. for them. No one pan. No one pan, yeah, you're right. He could be very good. It's an interesting signing for them. Yeah, we'll see how, how it turns out for, for Olympo. Uh, who else? We've, it's we've it's very always, you know, Olympo is one of those teams where it's always, there's always a chance that they're getting relegated. Kilmes, mm -hmm. it's the same team, but they they really had problems with injuries. Mm. In if Olympo played, played the, the whole tournament in Bahia, that would be, yeah. they would be saved for sure. They'll have a chance of finishing yes. off beating. Or in the Monumental. Yes. Although they played some of the easier sides at home during the Inicia. Uh, Gimnasia got a win against Estudiantes in the La Plata Clásico which was played in Mar del Plata slightly mm -hmm. bizarre um, and got a 1-1 draw I think in the one that was played in La Plata right. so they're happy they Gustavo Bow signed for them yeah, he River he was good for, uh, for very good for Olimpo in Nacional B was previous it? season was it? Okay. Oh, he was uh, their best player but yeah, yeah, yeah you never know <laughs> yes, you never know but uh, they will be uh, as usual Tough yeah. team to beat, and with Bow and Noel Panda to be like, right. you know, they're two <laughs> similar players, kind of, right. but they could pull off like nice counter attacks and you know, mm. wide play with a lot of crosses towards these guys. Centrano, I think Centrano. Centrano versus Mendes, as I've said, which I think is a, as I've said, Belgrano mm -hmm. as well. It's amazing. Belgrano is suddenly a good attacking team now. <laughs> With Bueno in great form lately, and Picante Pereira yeah, yeah. also. They've had a decent attack, but since they've come back up to the Primera, really, a year and a half. Yes. yes, um, yes. But yeah, I'd agree. They're, they're looking promising. Uh, and with the 29 points from the NECL, some of the pressure is lifted as well in terms of the relegation table that they've already. The champion will have again something between 32 and 35 points. Really? You think it's going to be another? Yes, yes. Uh, like I said, you have. Yeah, the best teams are in the Libertadores, and the other ones are going to make around 30, yeah. and I think 35, 36 will yeah, be enough to win the challenge. I think that what happened in the Torneo Inicial that San Lorenzo won uh, is attendance. I think that it will be often that the team that uh, comes champion doesn't get uh, a lot of points, I think. What's that? Uh, all boys, how are all boys? All boys. All boys are depleted. Uh, I mean, everyone left. Right? Yeah. <laughs> They're in a very tight yes. financial yes. decision. Yes. Everyone. Yeah, they're going to struggle to, to put a team out. They have half of the regular They've left changed managers as well, haven't they? Falcioni left. No, they have Ricardo Rodriguez, remember? Yeah, sorry, Ricardo yeah. Rodriguez is uh, the, the new manager as he came in towards the end of the Donnell Inicial. Um, Tigre? Tigre. How are Tigre going to do? Who have Tigre signed? Let's see. They signed. Uh, I think they signed some striker. Is still Pepe Sandin Tigre? Yeah. Oh right, yeah. Tigre have uh, have signed. Tigre have signed now. Bad. Oh, Tigre, sorry, my bad. And they've also signed Sebastián Rincón, the son, the son of, of ah. the only Colombian ever to play for Real Madrid. 
Frankie it's funny because in the, in the transfer page for Ole, it says Sebastián Rincón and between parentheses, son of... Hijo de Freddy's. <laughs> and and the wait, West Olimpo, <laughs> Olimpo, Olimpo sign. Valencia. Tres Valencias son. Yes. Little Train. Uh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Little Train is the... Who's the first name? God, let's see what his first name is. I've forgotten it. Jose Adolfo. We have to sign Valderrama's son now. This no, because because it's only fitting. He is... Uh, <laughs> The, the, the little and Mirashes is the other four uh, Olympus um, Tigre have also got rid of Norberto Paparato and uh, Pablo Pintos who, Pablo Pintos didn't play very much but Norberto Paparato he was, was already gone for some time Pintos he was playing for oh, was he was back at Defensor Sport I think Paparato oh, will be teammate of Gaston Fernandez well, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. important yeah. teammates but uh, the, uh, Tigre brought some defense it only says Rincon and now it's no, I, I think they but that's not the best list to be honest it's just yeah, quick I think they list. signed someone to replace Paparato mm. uh, again there would be the same kind of team that <laughs> will uh, maybe will win against uh, yeah I, I mean Tigre one of those clubs it, it, it's always sort of nice to see them when they have a good six months and bloody a few noses and find themselves at the right end of the table and it's never particularly unusual to see them finishing 10 places lower than that in the bottom third of the table either um, I think Araujo was trying was trying to make a Tigre board to leave him go to the, to Argentina Junior yeah. right. so oh you're right yes okay Araujo's gone to, to Argentina so you're right um, which could prove a, a very good signing for Borges Argentina so I think it would have been wasted on Carlos a lot badly um, but with Borges we shall see uh, and there's one club who we've mentioned in passing. Are they going to get any better or are they going to get any worse? Colón. I think that it's, it's downhill from here. Uh, are they going to still exist at the end of the The thing is that they can't get any worse. So it will be the same shit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> if they're, if they're still shit, they're going down. Yeah, so. Argentine club structures mean that they're, they're still going to exist as an institution, whatever happens, right? They're not going to have to be refounded or anything. But Could happen, but it's a long shot. I mean, enforced relegation at this point wouldn't particularly surprise anybody. FIFA have already asked for it once from the AFL and right. mm-hmm. got a stay of execution. But, and and the, uh, the match that didn't get played against Atletico Rafaela um, during the Inicial was eventually recorded as a 1-0 Rafaela win. It was not um, recorded as a three-point deduction for Colón. Colón didn't gain any points from it, but they didn't lose any as a result either, which they should have done. Under they, they were already deducted six points. They've had six you? points knocked off for... Um, for the unpaid transfer fee uh, for uh, Falcon mm-hmm. to Atlante in 2007. <laughs> the long arm of justice in FIFA takes a while to get going. Um, but I mean, I don't think more points deductions for Colón and, and possibly a forced relegation would surprise anyone at all. They're certainly going to be struggling um, to stay up in the second half of the season. A short burst of music, and we shall come back and answer some questions. Don't go away. Um, so I'm going to bellow. I hope you can hear me over there. 
Uh, we've had a fair few questions, a lot of them inevitably a bit about summer transfers and stuff. We hope that we've already covered most of those for you. Uh, very briefly, though, Andreas B1897, that's an interesting surname, um, says, uh, which team had the best silly season? Who's, who's made the best signings? Selling oh, season? Silly season, but it's a transfer season uh, question, basically. Very, very quickly, who do you think has had the best summer? In the market, there, there wasn't really a big. No. This wasn't a big transfer window. We we gone through it, and it was yeah. like one player going, one player coming. So it's it's a bit hard. I think probably River in terms of because they play in the Super Classicals and they won two of them. That raised for their fans that maybe at least were in the press mm. the expectations. So in terms of what it was like prior to the summer and what it was after the summer, probably really. Maybe Rassing as well. I, I think um, somebody, him and Rassing, I think, finished unbeaten. Well, Lanus finished unbeaten in their, their pre-seasons. But in terms of transfers, God knows. I, I have to say something, so I'm sorry. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, you could be right. Yeah, played yeah. four friendlies, won all of them. Uh, and Blandi, Matos and... Kept, kept, everyone, kept everyone, just won the championship. Exactly. I think because Sarres yeah. and River were the, the big winners of the, of the summer, I think. The point with River is that everybody is happy because they beat Boca, and we just said that Boca is shit. <laughs> so, what's the real Sorry. River? Yeah. Um, Joshua Bramlett has a couple of questions. First, he asks, breakout players of 2014. An impossible question to answer because we've not heard of them still. It's going to be someone you've not heard of by March and then in late April they'll make their first team debut and be a fixture in the first team by May. That's I watched watch, uh, Rafaela's friendlies at Uruguay and this guy, Agortengo, is oh. playing better every day. He was very good last year as well. I, yeah. I would be very surprised if he stays beyond June at Rafael. Yeah. He will be either signed by a big club or, or go to no, Europe good. or somewhere. It's, these look very sharp. Uh, Josh is a Boca Juniors fan, and I mean, this has got to be the most optimistic question we've ever had on Hand of Pod from that point of view. <laughs> he says, if River go down this season, oh. <laughs> will they be down forever? I did reply to him and say, I think you're being a bit, you're getting ahead of yourself there because they've not really got much of a chance of getting relegated, and he, he reckons that they have. Um, so we're forced to ask, answer the question. <laughs> No, no, I think they'll come straight back. Maybe, up maybe he doesn't know about the relegation system. Oh no, we mentioned that to him. He knows okay. about it. He's there, there's something about the Boca supporters, which is that they, when they win, even if they won a, a, a friend, friendly against a, a, a Argentino team, they they think they they won the Champions League. Yeah. And when they lose, that doesn't matter. They lose, they lost, but they forget about the the, the defeat and that's all. We have to remember, of course, that Andres is, is the River Plate fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, and my Twitter is Andres Bruckner, so you can yes. write me. Feel free to abuse it. <laughs> uh, Naji at CFC asks, who will be relegated and who will be promoted? I think Colón are a pretty safe bet. And uh, I'd say Olimpo and Olympus. Yeah, I'd agree with those three. Uh, I'm think, going for Colón. I think Olimpo stays and Olimpo always. always yeah. Uh, promoted is Banfield Independiente and Defensa Justicia, right? I don't think Defensa Justicia are going to make it. I, I would say one, one, of the bus com- one of the bus companies has to come up. Either them or Crucero del Norte. <laughs> well, they're in the next I, best position. I'd, so. I'd say Crucero del Norte definitely does not want to go up. 
Definitely doesn't not. Doesn't want to. No, doesn't want to because, because the Primera División is so much more expensive than the Second Division. So a lot of teams security costs, obviously players' wages and players' wages, yeah. security costs, and basically everything that you can spend on when you're a club, it, you spend triple if you're in the Primera. So you can, would you so, see them if they somehow scramble up into Second? Let's say in in the next uh, handful of matches, in yeah. the next ten games, could you see them deliberately throwing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This kind of stuff, this kind of stuff really happens. Really happens. I think they overperformed in the first half of the season and probably they would start losing mm-hmm. some matches. But and we didn't mention Banfield. They signed Walter Arriti. Yes, they oh, have that a, was yeah, great. Resigned Walter Arriti. Yeah, that's an amazing. They have a great team. That would be a very good team in Primera. Yes, yes, yes. A very good team. Yes. Well, we'll get the chance to find out next season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Banfield Independiente, and I would say another, probably not Crucero, Crucero no, or Defensa. Yes, some it's, other team. Uh, ye- yellow t-shirt team would be Crucero Norte or Defensa. Uh, <laughs> I would say not, not those two. Tom Robinson asks exactly the same two questions, but we'll say hello to you anyway, Tom. Hello. Uh, Joel Sked says, who are the players to have left the league? to watch out for, both in South America and in Europe. Yes, Coco Something of a loss here, because not many players have gone abroad. Sunderland, perhaps. Players. Well, yeah, but Coco's gone from Brazil, not from Argentina. I mean, players who've signed from Argentine clubs to European clubs in January. Paredes? Yes, Paredes. Yeah. Red Caldani. talented. Red Caldani, obviously, as we said, yeah, could, could prove to be an enormous And Bota, Bota is starting to get playtime in Inter. Because you know they bought him and they, he got I'm injured. Completely forgot he existed. Right. They bought him <laughs> injured and then it's strange situation. They he, he was injured, but he was already sold. So yes. he went to Inter and they put a lot of trust in the guy because you know they kept him in even if he was injured. And he started to get some playtime in Inter, so I would say look out for him. He's very talented as well. Yeah. There we go. So a signing that was made six months ago is your signing to watch out for. Um, <laughs> Craig Clark says, "If Goko." Bergini and Ustari at Sunderland. Surely we're every Argentine's English team now. But seriously, could we have some thoughts on all three? Uh, Bergini, we've already mentioned, in fact, so yeah. I think we can leave that one. But Ustari? Mm. Ustari. Mm. Funny, funny places at this point. Uh, Ustari is a, is a goalkeeper without realistic chances of going to Brazil. Um, and to Sunderland have developed a bit of a habit in the last... Sort of two to three years really of sporadically signing Argentine non-internationals who don't really add anything to the team I don't think he's any better or worse than the well, goalkeeper they're raving goal. at the moment about Vito Manone the Italian goalkeeper yeah. so I don't understand he's not going to play I don't think no exactly <laughs> it's a, that, that one's really weird Virgini might play and might turn out to be good you could also see it not being great Scocco Scocco's either going to be a complete flop or a spectacular success, I think. Yeah. And it all depends on how he starts. Send me in for flop. <laughs> Please. He's, he's got most of the stuff he needs, I think, to make it in England, but he's not got the physique. He's, he's not yeah. quite quick enough. I think he, he might just find himself half a yard behind a lot of centre-backs. He was, he was so great for Newell's last year that everybody forgets that he wasn't that great in every other year of his <laughs> career. Yeah, I mean, we are, we are, everybody was like, wow, Skoko is a great player. Yeah, he was already 26 and yeah. nobody knew where he I mean, was. If you, if you look at his stats, year. for most of his career, he was a pretty solid one goal in every sort of two and a half matches striker for most of his career, but solid. And then for yeah. Newell's, Not upstanding he just caught all. fire in that one yeah. season. It was well, amazing. He, he played in Greece sometime, so... Yeah. Mm. Yeah, not that competitive. Exactly. 
So Scott Garvin may hook us up too much. Virginie is, is by a distance uh, the, the most likely to actually prove to be a long-term decent investment, but even that is perhaps... Yes, Virginie has a good height to, to, in order to def deflect crosses that come to the, into the box, so yes, he, could, he could be in a good performance. Yeah, we've got two more. Joseph Sexton asks, uh, per position, i.e. goalkeeper, defence, midfield, attack, who are the best signings by each by Argentine clubs in each position? Although he does know that they haven't been money, I'd say Banega midfield for Newells, mm -hmm. surely. In attack, Cavani. No, I'd go for Blandi or Blandi. Well, one of the two San Lorenzo yeah. ones, Blandi or Matos. And let's add Cavani too. Hmm. Yeah, Cavani probably completes the podium. Um, defenders. Defenders selling Caruso. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully Valdez, but. Who knows? I don't know. Mm. Colombia. Forlin is a good name, but uh, he, he will have to show that he didn't lose rhythm of play, uh, of uh, competition in, in Qatar. So yeah, it's a lottery. And nobody signed a goalkeeper. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So there we go. That, that's the answer. Uh, what we can answer this. And one other question is from a gentleman called Joel Richards. Never heard of him. Um, Block him. Block him. And, and it's possibly my favourite question, in fact. And it's particularly relevant. We're going to have to talk about why it's relevant, probably for a couple of minutes now, because we've completely forgotten about it. But it is deeply relevant to our, our listeners. Who is your favourite football baratodos commentator, and why? <laughs> well, the, new, the new football baratodos or the old football baratodos? We're going to go around anti-clockwise, so Santi's starting. My favourite one? Oh, that's it's hard because they're, they all suck. Um, I, I have to I say, suspect that's why Joel's answered the question. Yeah. The question. <laughs> uh, I had a lot of fun. He he's done now, but uh, I had a lot of fun with El, El Soldo Vicente yeah. with his political opinions in the middle <laughs> of, of, of the match. That's what just all was, of them, though, surely. Oh, not not that much. I mean, he he was raving about um, you know monopoly and the. The institutions in the middle of a Colón against Olimpo game. That, that was beautiful. <laughs> I thought it was beautiful. If you understand Quite Spanish. Quite Spanish. Quite <laughs> uh, Mariano? Yeah, I like him too. Yeah, I, I'm gonna gonna I was going to mention him. <laughs> I mean, in terms of good ones, really good ones, I think the. What's his name? The guy that was at TV Pública before Fútbol para Todos. As he's commenting many sports. <laughs> ah, I can't remember his name. Okay. Gustavo Kufner. 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 I think it's kind of good. Yeah, but it's important to mention that there's going to be a renewal of this yes. whole. Yes. That's why Any you know we sent this out. And yes. Some younger guys are coming in, which is meant to be. I read Vicente better than fucking Marcelo Araujo. It's ah. the worst. <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. You, he mentioned Caruso leaving Boca. We have to say Marcelo Araujo, Araujo leaving uh, Fútbol para Todos. He say I can safely yeah. say he's gonna make all of our lives a bit better. <laughs> <laughs> so more personally than, than an actual answer to Joel's question, why is Joel asking the question? Because we've not mentioned this to our listeners and our listeners who are able to watch streams of Argentine football all over the world if they want to, thanks to Fútbol para Todos, need to know this. It's changing hands, isn't it? It's yeah. The production job is changing. It's changing so. hands. There's this media let's, mogul let's here called. Explain. Yeah, the, the Marcelo Tinelli is essentially the, the Argentine Simon Cowell for American and British. Mm -hmm. business and Simon Cowell, vice president. 
And yes, an actual so president. 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 Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, the, the, yeah, the man behind the, the, the puppet uh, laments is the president. Yeah. Like, yeah. In, he in, looks in most scarily, <laughs> scarily similar yeah. to Tim Should, should yeah. I be resigned? T- I, I, I think uh, I am thinking in a loud, loud voice. Uh, shouldn't he resign? Uh, to San Lorenzo nah. presidency if he vice presidency if he yeah Grandona should resign to that yeah. vice presidency well, no, I, 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 but he's Come on. 30 years ago he's in in the presidency of the yeah. association yeah. Yeah. Ah, okay. nah, I don't think so he's just like he's, a TV producer yeah, he's, he's not your, uh, He's not deciding anything. He's just uh, behind the mm, camera. Isn't he? Isn't he? Though? No. But um, the, idea is, <laughs> the idea is that essentially the government wants to spend a little less money on football brand dollars and, and they're trying to get private interests more into it, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what yeah. And it was going to be presented today. There was going to be a press conference about it, but it was suspended because yeah. of the tragedy. Right. Mm-hmm. Tragedy? Yeah. yeah the there was fire a fight in Barracas. Yes. There were... Nine, nine, nine people killed, yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, I was asking about the tragedy more because the listeners aren't going to know about it than because yeah, I haven't sure. heard about it. I'm not quite that cut off from the real <laughs> non footballing world. Um, but yeah, you can expect to see some changes at Football Baradonos as from Friday. Yep. It's, it's supposed to be the first day. If you watched the Supercopa Argentina last Friday, it was the last transmission of the old style one, and the new one is going to be pri- uh, uh, privately produced. They're going to have 2700 cameras all around the stadium they're going to have super slow-mo you can imagine how they're going to react to that they're going to use it for <laughs> fucking throbbing and they're going to show all the matches in HD that's yeah. what I'm worrying about yes really? yes really? every single match in HD apparently even the ones at All Boys and, and Rafaela where they previously couldn't fit HD cameras into the ground apparently uh, they're, they're going to have special provision and they've talked about right this is the really the, the one I particularly like you know you know the Euros where they've had the uh, and, and the World Cup where they've had the camera suspended from the, the roof of the stadium going right over the pitch yeah. they've talked about having one of those and they actually mentioned in the article I was reading suspended from the roofs of the stadia in Argentina mm. so that's, <laughs> they're going to have one at Racing and what other Argentine stadium's got a roof La Plata San Lorenzo's got one over one stand yeah. no, no, I, I, it's going to be I, tricky to do San Lorenzo is changing the, the, lighting, the light system the floodlight okay. uh, Tinelli said that it's going to be a special one for HD but yeah it was Always a really bad floodlight in that state, so yeah. it's good that they are changing. Uh, but uh, I, I guess it's going to help for the Libertadores as well. They're going to have more night matches than, than mm-hmm. you had before. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how they manage this uh, suspended over the pitch style camera stadiums like I've been thinking. Floating, all boys. floating cameras. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have to erect. You saw back, you saw the back to the future. Back to the future. Yeah, so yeah. I, they're going to suspend. I will be comfortable, comfortable with the. That. Uh, broadcasting if if they guess the player who has the ball because <laughs> with the comment that's the only thing I I, I, I yeah, let's, let's start yeah. with basics because right. that's, yeah, it's psychological and I think that the pylons would be a bad idea because in the first match 10 minutes you're gonna get a guy up there in the pylon with waving a fucking flag like yeah oh yeah, come on cars are crashing into it or something there's, there's all yeah. kinds of strokes with credit <laughs> Uh, finally, last question is from Liam Kelly, uh, and it's via email. He says, in pre-season... Related? Unrelated? Yes, unrelated. I, 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 I didn't bother saying unrelated this time, because I always say that, and I don't think anybody ever finds it funny, but yes, yeah, since you ask, it's unrelated. Okay. Um, he says, in pre-season, 
Ramon Diaz has been trying out three at the back. Do you agree with this tactic because it's helped them uh, become more offensive judging by the results? Uh, it's also worth asking in, in context of uh, Argentino Studios because Borgi likes three at the back and Carlos Lombardi tended to stick to either four mm-hmm. or five. I'm a big classic guy for formations in Argentinian football because I think that the defenders here are very used from since they're kids. They've been learning to play with a line of four and it's very hard to find the proper players to play with a line of three. Yeah. That's what I think. The thing is, in some ways, in Argentina, you can perhaps get away with it slightly more than in other leagues because so many Argentine clubs attack without any width. So the fact that your fullbacks aren't going to be tracking, where well, you're not going to have any fullbacks to track the wingers, isn't as much of an issue when there are no wingers on the other team. And yet, nobody's really got the defenders to do it. I think Ramon was just making fun of Boca. You know, uh, look, we're playing that with means, just three defenders. <laughs> that means Rivari won't play very much because. We, well, let's hope so. Because uh, with three players in the back, Rivari uh, being left uh, left back, I, I don't think he will play very much. But uh, in uh, in that case, I think that it's uh, when the, when they attack, they are three in the back, and when they defend, they are five. They are five. So Carbonero and Manchini will have again to be aware of the, the left or right midf- midfielder of the rival, so it's... Uh, yeah, but not really three. yeah, that's the point. I think in Europe, players learn to be, like, they learn to, to think about defense even if they're offensive players. And this happens as well with the famous 4-2-3-1 formation that's in, in, in Bog in, in Europe right now. And here in Argentina, plenty of trainers have tried to implement a similar formation and it's always been a failure because the, the wingers need to think that they have to mark the left and right backs of the other team and like uh, in the Medellin they was even thinking about doing this formation in the Nacional B and I'm not seeing Pisano or Insua marking the left backs of the uh, or the sorry the left and right backs of the other team yeah. I just can't see it and in, in Europe it does happen we all remember Eto marking you know but this is to some extent it's a physique thing as well I mean as we kind of hinted at earlier on the Argentine league the players aren't physically okay a a Boca they're disastrously physically trained clearly but but even at a club like Lanús who as Santi says have got one of the better physical trainers in the league you're still not talking about players who've got their diet Um, I mean you see first division footballers here tweeting pictures of themselves at Asados with friends with loads of beer and a massive like a half a cow on the grill <laughs> look at this this is fantastic this is a guy who just won a championship that's not going to happen in Europe and you know it, it takes them going to Europe Angel Di Maria let's say who now yeah, yeah. he comes back and plays for Argentina and Twitter just fills up with has Di Maria got a third lung or what like what the hell's going on he runs so much um, that happens when they go to Europe it doesn't yeah. happen here and to an extent if you're going to have a winger who's trapping back constantly doing the amount of work that a Di Maria, for instance, does, you need to have a proper physical trainer who's going to get them out to that, and a manager who they respect enough to say, yes, Mr. Mourinho, I would die for you. That's They clearly don't respect managers here as much. Exactly. It's difficult to, when, even if they're a great manager, they're only in charge for a year at most, if they're lucky. Isn't say. Boca doing that? Not proper, but a lot of physical, uh, his, uh, physical training and by the look of it, Boca doing, if anything, too much physical training. That would be one explanation yeah. for the, the number of injuries they're getting. Because a lot of them are on the training round. You also thing. have to look at which type of training. You have aerobic training, power training, and yeah. apparently something is going wrong in, in 
badass. Planification. Sixteen injuries in a year. That's like one every yeah, week. That, that was <laughs> a media excuse. No, they were the, they were not getting injured like that. I mean, if they were counting like some kid got injured uh, walking down the stairs at the stadium and 60, 59. Even if it was 40 or 30, it's still insane. Okay, <laughs> I think it was just an excuse. I mean, okay, Riquelme got injured a lot and probably Gago too, but everybody else was there. Was it Jason? Mario Young didn't get injured, defenders didn't get injured, mm -hmm. forwards. The incredible thing is that there is no explanation, there's no reason, apparently reason. Yeah, they're not training well, like Sam said. They're taking pictures, eating as well. It's like the third time on the podcast that we've discussed this now on this episode, so we're going to stop there. All that remains for me to do is humiliate myself by predicting what's going to happen this weekend. <laughs> uh, so here is Mystic Sam's theme music. are obviously the reverse of the first round of the one six months ago at the Torneo Inicial. So, I'm going for Estudiantes against Arsenal to finish all square, Vélez to beat Tigre at home, Mariano disagrees with me on this next one, but I'm going for San Lorenzo to get a win in Bahia Blanca against Olimpo, Argentinos Juniors to beat Godoy Cruz, Atletico Rafaela to beat All Boys, Racing to beat Colón, that's the one, no, not one, just bet on Colón to lose every match. You're going to come out with some kind of profit at the end of the season. Quilmes to draw at home to Central, Newells to beat Boca Juniors, River and Gimnasia to draw, and Belgrano versus Lanús, which is on Monday night, to be an away win. Does anybody particularly agree or disagree with any of these? I'm very optimistic about Central's chances, so I'm going to say, I think they're going to but I think River will get a narrow win. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, I I wanted to go for a River winning that game, but they just they've spent six months completely betraying my faith. So I don't have any yeah, I told you, trust in them anymore. I told you. Mm, yeah, Mariano, the I first thing I well, the yeah. first thing that comes to my mind is okay, River is going to win this game. But I'm not sure we saw the real River yet. <laughs> we saw a River against Boca. Okay, we know what Boca is, and Gimnasia will be that is. Yes, so Gimnasia kept the same team as most right. of the teams, but I think that they, yes, they had to be with more with hope than with real uh, possibilities. But I think that people will go into the stadium and, and shout and that and what, and that will help, I think, the team to get an arrow. Right. Not, I think it will, won't be very, very... One new. Yes. 1-0 or 2-1, something like that. Yeah. Um, Lanus, of course, who, who play on Monday night, that's because they are playing on Thursday. They've got the second leg of their Copa Libertadores qualifier against Caracas. They take a 2-0 advantage uh, from the first leg into it. Two away goals, the, the, the second leg is in Lanus. Um, which is partly what actually feeds into my prediction of, of a Lanus win in that one. Although it's away, and although Belgrano win a few at home, they also lost more than anybody else at home during the Doneo Inicial and Lanús' competitive season has already started. I think Lanús are going to be slightly more 
alert, whereas everyone else might just be that little bit, oh, which the first game. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm hoping, anyway, for my prediction. Um, any others? You're all agreeing with me on most of them. In that case. Yes, well, yes, yes. Uh, only San Lorenzo, I'm, I don't know if we're going to win at Bahia. Olimbo had a strong finish of the of last year. But we have to see how Matos is included into the, into the squad because uh, I don't know if he had trained, have trained the last year. Uh, I don't think he will play this, this weekend. Yes. Uh, they will probably save him for next Tuesday, San Lorenzo plays at uh, Maracaná or Quito, the first Copa Libertadores game. So uh, everybody at San Lorenzo already said that Copa Libertadores is a priority. It's a, the big obsession, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that's going to affect the first couple of rounds quite so much because oh, obviously no, of course, the Doris games next midweek. But um, yeah, uh, in long term, I, I think mm -hmm. you're entirely right. You have to promise. What will you what will you do if San Lorenzo is there? I'm going to walk to Morocco. Morocco. I'm going to Morocco to see the World Cup, the World Clubs Cup. That's for sure. <laughs> Pray that you don't have the bad luck that the Atletico Mineiro fans have. Why? Because it, uh, they lost semi final. Uh, Imagine okay, getting yeah, a ticket uh, to Morocco I'm and going, losing uh, in the semi final. I'm going anyway. I'm going anyway. <laughs> Even if we lose against some Auckland Chinese <laughs> Chinese team, I don't care. I'll be there. Uh, that's it for this week. We hope you've enjoyed the first hand of pod of 2014. We hope you've enjoyed the new sound. We hope it actually does sound better because if it hasn't, I've just wasted £120 on this microphone. Um, thank you very much to Santiago for hosting as ever. Thanks everyone, goodbye. Thank you to Mariano for coming on and representing the champions. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you to new boy, Peter. Thanks for having me. Uh, we hope you can come back at various points throughout the season when you're not working. At least. Yeah, of course. Uh, thank you to Andres. Thanks to you and I will listen this episode for sure. Excellent, glad to hear it. That's, that's one more listener that we've got than usual anyway. Um, and thank you all for listening and goodbye. And we'll see you again next week from me. Goodbye. <laughs>